Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Cloudwater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. A gospel reading from the 23rd chapter of Luke. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, this chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who was hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you, my friends in faith. I don't want to be the one to break the news to you, but in just over a month, we're going to be here again celebrating Christmas, gathering in churches like Faith and all across the world. We're going to gather to celebrate the birth of a Savior, humbly born in a stable outside of an inn, as a family seeking shelter and asylum gathers, trying to avoid being left out in the cold. Our modern retelling of Christmas seems to forget some of those details. We tend to get a little sucked into the commercial demands. Advent should be a peaceful time, yet it can be stressful and demanding. So here at Faith, we plan for this to be a place of worship where you can leave your stress and anxiety at the door. But today, we aren't anywhere near the manger. We're in a place called the Skulls, Golgotha, the end of the story. That's kind of weird. Hollywood has used this formula quite a bit. Have you, have you ever watched a movie and they begin the movie by showing you clips of scenes where the characters are kind of at the end or near the end of the story or characters who are aged, and you see kind of what the future is going to be like, movies like 
But then you're supposed to like forget it for the next hour and a half until boom, right at the very end, there's the payoff and you understand how everything gets wrapped back up together. Now, Hollywood has mastered the art of storytelling in some cases, but to me, one of the greatest stories of all time took place long before Spielberg and Scorsese, long before Spike Lee or Catherine Bigelow. It's a story that appears to be a tragedy. It ends in death. And no, it wasn't even written by Shakespeare. It's two criminals flanking our hero, dying right there in the middle. This hero is even mocked. He's called a king. Those in charge of killing him call up and say, if you're a king, save yourself. One of the criminals next to him even chimes in. He said, well, if you are the Messiah, save yourself and us. Save us too. Come on, man. But unlike some of the superhero movies that we are inundated with, this hero doesn't save himself from dying that day. He doesn't all of a sudden use his superhero strength and crush the cross beneath him and then help the other two get down. The other criminal, he gets it. He shouts over Jesus to the other criminal and tells him, Hey, be quiet. Don't you fear God? Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus is not here on this earth to avoid the human reality of death. Jesus, whose miracles have followed him wherever he goes, doesn't have one last, like, gotcha card that day, one last special effect. No, instead he speaks the truth. He says to this man, I'll remember you. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Then Jesus, crying out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. The end. It's not really the end. But it's really not our kind of story. It's really not our American hero kind of story. It's not the kind of story where we would, you know, we wouldn't walk out of the movie theater after it ended right here. We wouldn't like that movie. We'd be let down. That was it. He just died. He did all these really amazing things and all of a sudden he just died? Come on. Spielberg would take this script and ball it up and be like, pass. No thanks. Episcopal priest Robert Capon had this to say about our Americanized version of Jesus. This is how we picture Jesus, our superhero Jesus. He said the true paradigm of the ordinary American view of Jesus is Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. It's Superman Jesus. Strange visitor from another planet or place who comes down to earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men and who, disguised perhaps as like a Clark Kent, a mild-mannered reporter, 
fights the battle for truth, justice, and of course the good old American way. Now, if that isn't popular Christology, says Capon, I'll eat my hat. Oh, Jesus, gentle, meek, and mild, but with all these secrets souped up more than human insides, right? Bumbling around for like 33 years, nearly gets himself done in by that kryptonite cross, but at the last minute struggles into that phone booth known as the empty tomb, puts on his Easter suit, and with a single bound, leaps back to our planet, or leaps back up to that planet heaven. It's got it all. I mean, seriously, it's got it all, and including, just so you wouldn't miss the lesson, kiddos, he never even once touches Lois Lane. Now, you may think that's funny, but the human race is, was, and always probably will be deeply unwilling to accept a human Messiah. We don't want to be saved in our humanity. We want to get plucked up and fished out. We crucified Jesus, not because he was God, but because he blasphemed. He claimed to be God, and then he failed to come up to our standards for assessing that claim. It's not that we weren't looking for the Messiah, it's just that this Messiah isn't what we were looking for. Our Messiah would come down from a cross. He wouldn't do a stupid thing like rising from the dead. He would have done the smart thing like never dying in the first place. This Jesus story doesn't quite fit into the superhero genre. But perhaps that's how we fit into this story. Life is not about waiting for the superhero to come along and fix all of our problems. We got to work together. That's what Jesus spends his whole life teaching us. What were the true plot points in Jesus' life? Well, he teaches us to love our neighbors. He teaches us to welcome and look to the margins. He invites the outcasts to follow him. And he says that our lives are about more than just our stuff. And isn't that the hardest one to get over? You know, we spend a majority of our time as we gather into worship listening and learning these stories and applying these lessons to our lives and it's so easy to forget them once we step out of the doors of this sanctuary. But in our efforts to do this, it's why we're here. Because we aspire for something more. We live in a society that encourages us to look out for ourselves. Be skeptical of outsiders or people who are different. Our society tells us to value our possessions. But in this church... We strive to resist those temptations. And I know it's countercultural, but we are being invited into something far bigger and far better than what the world has in store. This church is a place to dream and be filled with hope. To know that, you know, someday we will be with Jesus in paradise, but not today. And in that meantime, how do we make this world a paradise for those that we come into contact with each and every day? That work continues by getting us out of our bubble. If things are going well for you, don't just assume that everyone else has the same opportunities to be successful or has the same access to resources as we do. A couple 
of our social workers that we've worked with in Washington County came into the office this past week. Just checking in, seeing how things were going, just seeing what kind of things were happening around here, ways that they could help and walk alongside of us. They know about us. They know about faith. They know that we're willing to step up when asked. They know about our work with the chronically unsheltered, the homeless. They know that we walked down a path to consider tiny houses as a permanent home for the homeless, even if that journey's taken a few unexpected twists along the way. But they also have another idea, another way for us to be able to do something really powerful and impactful for our community. They said, I should get in touch with one of my pastor colleagues, Pastor Chris Belfly, Belfi, the pastor at Trinity in Stillwater, for the latest update. So I gave Chris a call. And she told me about some significant progress on an emergency housing project that would be in Stillwater. I was intrigued. I'd been hearing about this from one of our friends, Jenny Mason. I said, so what's going on right now? She said, well, this would be a place very, very near to the county offices, close to where our county services are, which would reduce one of the biggest barriers that we at Faith have noticed in this whole process walking alongside our neighbors who are facing chronic homelessness, transportation. She said this emergency housing project could serve many critical needs for a system that is so often broken and needs creative solutions to stop the bleeding. During the pandemic, they asked those neighbors that they were encountering what their reality was. And here's what they found out. Who are going to be the people served by an emergency housing for individuals? Well, one, they found out 50% of those residents who are receiving support already have a known disability. They said that 88% of those who are seeking emergency housing are Caucasian, 12% are black, indigenous, or people of color. They said that 30% of the residents are 55 and over, but the current age of those in emergency housing is 56. Wow. 100% of residents face record housing costs and pandemic challenges before they lost their home. And this isn't some data taken from years ago. This has all been collected in the last couple of years during the pandemic. And I asked Chris, how can we support this? What can we do up here at Faith and Forest Lake? And within hours, literally during a benevolence committee meeting, I received an email with a letter of advocacy and the message was, get as many people from your community to sign this letter as possible. So I got 10 signatures right off the bat. And looking around today, I guarantee I could get at least another 100, 150. Got a copy of this letter out at the welcome desk. Read it before you sign it. It's asking the city council and the mayor of Stillwater to support this. And to know that they have the support of their community and their county behind them. We do not live in Stillwater, but here in Forest Lake, we certainly see the effects of what happens when people are chronically homeless or unsheltered and the needs that they have. There's some Holy Spirit work going on here. Because we are able to reach out and do something. We are a vital partner 
in this ministry. We are advocates. We can sign this letter. If you don't sign it today, it'll be in your emails on Tuesday. You can grab a copy and bring it back next week. Bring it by December 4th when we have our annual meeting. And think about that on December 4th. It'll be our second week of Advent, halfway to Christmas. A day when we will celebrate the birth of a Savior. We remember a family seeking shelter and asylum because they've been left out in the cold. Until finally, one day, someone took compassion upon them and provided them shelter in an unusual but safe place, in a stable. Amen. We hope these words will strengthen you as you live out your daily life. If you would like to know more about Faith Lutheran, leave a prayer request, or financially support our mission and ministry, please go to our website at faithfl.org. May God bless you in the days ahead.